Good morning. Now let's sing it, hymn number 413. Let us sing of Easter gladness that rejoices every day. Sing of hope and faith uplifted. Love has rolled the stone away. Lo, the promise and fulfillment. Lo, the man whom God hath made. Seen in glory of an Easter, crowned with light that cannot fade. Hymn number 413. Scriptural will be given by David from Florida. Matthew. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. 
And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail! And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Let us now have a moment of silent prayer and follow with the Lord's Prayer and its spiritual interpretation as given in the Christian Science textbook. Father, Mother, God, all harmonious. Hallowed be thy name. Adorable One, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom is come. Thou art ever present. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us grace for today. Feed the famished affections. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And love is reflected in love. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, disease, and death. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. For God is infinite, all power, all life, truth, Love over all and all. Let's now sing hymn number 325. Take up thy cross, the Savior said, if thou wouldst my disciple be, thyself deny, the world forsake, and humbly follow after me. Hymn number 325.
Welcome to the Sunday morning service of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. We begin every Sunday morning here at 10 o'clock with our roundtable discussion. And we had another really good one this morning. So if you missed it, you can find it on our website, plainfieldcs.com. And you can also find it on our YouTube channel. We have a Sunday school for children that meets at 11 a.m. every Sunday. And that Sunday school has its own teleconference number. So if you don't live in the area and have a child of Sunday school age, please call us. We'll give you the number. And we would love to welcome your child to our Sunday school. And we have a testimony meeting every Wednesday evening at 815 where you can hear testimonies of healings and lives literally saved through the study and practice of Christian science. And we have a nursery available for infants and toddlers, so you can bring the whole family to any of our services. And we've been busy printing and mailing. The latest edition of Forum Highlights has been printed and mailed to subscribers. And yesterday we had a really good Bible study, which uh, will be continued in two weeks, I think. So we will not have a Bible study this coming Saturday. Our next one will be in two weeks, Saturday, April 17. So check the website for Bible study questions, and please join us 10 a.m., two weeks from yesterday, Saturday, April 17. And among all of our various websites, there's an article on our English website, which I'd like to point out, which uh, is very appropriate, very helpful. It's entitled, The New Birth, and it's an article by Mary Baker Eddy, and it's featured on the cover of our English website. I recommend it very highly. The New Birth by Mary Baker Eddy. Everyone is welcome here. And that includes all of you who are listening and participating from around the world. And now we will have the reading of a testimony from miscellaneous writings, which attests to the healing power obtained by studying the Christian Science textbook. And that reading will be given this morning by Karen from California. Page 441. I have been thinking for a long time that I would give my experience in coming out of sickness into the knowledge of health by reading Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures. I was 60 years old, as we mortals count time, before I ever read one word of Christian science. On July 2nd, 1890, I met a scientist who gave me a pamphlet called Christian Healing by Reverend Mary B. G. Eddy. At that time, I was almost helpless. This lady advised me to buy science and health. I did so and tried to read it, but my hands were so lame I could not hold it, and I let it fall to the floor so often that it became unbound, and I lay it away and resumed my medicine. The following May, the scientist visited in this city again. She advised me to burn all my medicines and to lean unreservedly on the promises of God. I took her advice had my book rebound in three volumes so I could hold it more easily, and now read it constantly, reading nothing else. Sometimes I would suffer intensely. Then I would get a little better. Then more suffering, and so on. Until August 1891, when all pain left me. I have had no return of it. 
and no disagreeable sensations of any kind, and am perfectly well in all respects. Surely, if we will but trust our Heavenly Father, He is sufficient for us. I hope someone of or near my age who is afflicted may read this and take courage. For I have demonstrated the fact that by reading Science and Health in connection with the Bible and trying to follow the teaching therein, one in the autumn of life may be made over new. I am so thankful to God for my great recovery. That remark of Sojourner Truth helped me to a better understanding of life in God. God is the great house that holds all his children. We dwell in him as the fishes dwell in the seas. P-T-P The lesson sermon for this morning can be found on page two of the Independent Christian Science Quarterly. Subject, Unreality. The golden text is from Revelation. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, And as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. The responsive reading is from Revelation. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness He doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and lords of lords. I will read from the Bible. Isaiah. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, 
and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Luke And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Esaias. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a-dying. While he yet spake, there came one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not. She is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out, and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. And the whole multitude of them arose and led them unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake again to them. But they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required.
And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thine hands I commend my spirit. And having thus said, he gave up the ghost. Now when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. Mark. Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him, as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. After that he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they them. Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Fairly from Maryland will now read. Suffering, sinning, dying beliefs are unreal. When divine science is universally understood, they will have no power over man. For man is immortal and lives by divine authority. The understanding that life is God, spirit, lengthens our days by strengthening our trust in the deathless reality of life, its almightiness and immortality. Life is real and death is the illusion. A demonstration of the facts of soul in Jesus' way resolves the dark visions of material sense into harmony and immortality. The author has healed hopeless organic disease and raised the dying to life and health through the understanding of God as the only life. It is a sin to believe that art can overpower omnipotent and eternal life. And this life must be brought to light by the understanding that there is no death, as well as by other graces of spirit. We must begin, however, with the more simple demonstrations of control. And the sooner we begin, the better. The final demonstration takes time for its accomplishment. 
when walking, we are guided by the eye. We look before our feet. And if we are wise, we look beyond a single step in the line of spiritual advancement. Jesus said, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. That statement is not confined to spiritual life, but includes all the phenomena of existence. Jesus demonstrated this, healing the dying and raising the dead. Mortal mind must part with error, must put off itself with its deeds, and immortal manhood, the Christ ideal, will appear. Faith should enlarge its borders and strengthen its base by resting upon spirit instead of matter. When man gives up his belief in death, he will advance more rapidly towards God, life, and love. Belief in sickness and death, as certainly as belief in sin, tends to shut out the true sense of life and health. When will mankind wake to this great fact in science? The fact that the Christ, or truth, overcame and still overcomes death proves the king of terrors to be but a mortal belief or error which truth destroys with the spiritual evidences of life. And this shows that what appears to the senses to be death is but a mortal illusion. For to the real man and the real universe, there is no death process. The efficacy of the crucifixion lay in the practical affection and goodness it demonstrated for mankind. The truth had been lived among men. But until they saw that it enabled their master to triumph over the grave, his own disciples could not admit such an event to be possible. The universal belief in death is of no advantage. It cannot make life or truth apparent. Death will be found at length to be a mortal dream, which comes in darkness and disappears with the light. The resurrection of the great demonstrator of God's power was the proof of his final triumph over body and matter and gave full evidence of divine science, evidence so important to mortals. The belief that man has existence or mind separate from God is a dying error. This error Jesus met with divine science and proved its nothingness. Because of the wondrous glory which God bestowed on his anointed, temptation, sin, sickness, and death had no terror for Jesus. Let men think they had killed the body. Afterwards, he would show it to them unchanged. This demonstrates that in Christian science, the true man is governed by God, by good, not evil and is therefore not a mortal, but an immortal. Jesus had taught his disciples the science of this proof. He was here to enable them to test his still uncomprehended saying, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. They must understand more fully his life principle by casting out error healing the sick, and raising the dead, even as they did understand it after his bodily departure. Love must triumph over hate. Truth and life must seal the victory over error and death before the thorns can be laid aside for a crown. The benediction follow. Well done good and faithful servant, and the supremacy of spirit be demonstrated. The lonely precincts of the tomb gave Jesus a refuge from his foes, 
a place in which to solve the great problem of being. His three days' work in the sepulcher set the seal of eternity on time. He proved life to be deathless and love to be the master of hate. He met and mastered on the basis of Christian science the power of mind over matter, all the claims of medicine, surgery, and hygiene. He took no drugs to allay inflammation. He did not depend upon food or pure air to resuscitate wasted energies. He did not require the skill of a surgeon to heal the torn palms and bind up the wounded side and lacerated feet that he might use those hands to remove the napkin and winding sheet, and that he might employ his feet as before. His disciples believed Jesus to be dead while he was hidden in the sepulcher, whereas he was alive, demonstrating within the narrow tomb the power of spirit to overrule mortal material sense. There were rock-ribbed walls in the way, and a great stone must be rolled from the cave's mouth. But Jesus vanquished every material obstacle, overcame every law of matter, and stepped forth from his gloomy resting place, crowned with the glory of a sublime success, an everlasting victory. Glory be to God and peace to the struggling hearts. Christ hath rolled away the stone from the door of human hope and faith, and through the revelation and demonstration of life in God, hath elevated them to possible at one with the spiritual idea of man and his divine principle, love. Obeying his precious precepts, Following his demonstration so far as we apprehend it, we drink of his cup, partake of his bread, are baptized with his purity, and at last we shall rest, sit down with him in a full understanding of the divine principle which triumphs over death. Let us now have a moment of silent prayer for our world. Let's now sing hymn number 208. 
The words of this hymn are by Mary Baker Eddy. O gentle presence, peace and joy and power, O life divine that owns each waiting hour, Thou love that guards the nestling's faltering flight, Keep thou, my child, on upward wing tonight. Hymn number 208.
lips of truth one mighty breath shall like a whirlwind scatter in its breeze the whole dark Let's now sing hymn number 296. Rouse ye, soldiers of the cross, and lift your banner high. Servants of a mighty cause, put sloth and slumber by. Rouse ye, rouse ye, face the foe. Rise to conquer death and sin. On with Christ to victory go. O oh, side with God and win. Hymn number 296.
read from the Christian Science textbook, The Scientific Statement of Being, and the correlative passages from 1 John 3rd chapter. There is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance in matter. All is infinite mind and its infinite manifestation, for God is all in all. Spirit is immortal truth. Matter is mortal error. Spirit is the real and eternal. Matter is the unreal and temporal. Spirit is God, and man is his image and likeness. Therefore, man is not material. He is spiritual. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him, him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. First Timothy. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Amen. Thank you.